0: Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of the podcast. Hope everyone's been doing well. I got a special guest for this episode, Matthew Kralik, one of my roommates. I'm gonna let him introduce himself before we get started.
1: Hi, happy to be here. I'm, as Jake said, Matthew Kralik. I am a business major here at Kalamazoo College in my senior year, uh, planning undergraduate to graduate in June, looking for a career path somewhere in the marketing or sales area, possible management side. Um, Possible future plans, maybe you start my own business, something like that.
0: It's nice to have Matt on. He's got a different perspective compared to a lot of us in, being in the business world, so he'll be have some good information for all of us. So I guess uh, we're going to continue talking about renewable energy sources again today. Kind of focus on the business side of it, how it can affect the economy, how we can get people to to like join in on it, and just stuff like that. So to kick off the podcast today. How much do you know, Matt, about renewable resources, such as what are some of our resources and just stuff like that?
1: Hmm. To be honest, I, I don't know that much about it. I feel like that's something that hasn't been, I guess, taught that much or has a bit of focus. Um, things I do know that are out there, I see obviously driving around the highway and things like that. You see the big wind turbines for the wind energy and things like that. Um, another thing that I hear a lot about um, between work and things like that is solar, uh, the solar energy with like solar panels and a lot of things like that. I see a lot of solar panels on top of houses and things like that. Um, I'd say wind, wind energy and solar energy are the two main ones that I that I've heard about or know about. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know too much about them or how necessarily they work, other than that you got the big wind turbines, you got solar panels, and it kind of turns into energy. So
0: yeah, you you know about like what a lot of people know. Those are the two main uh, renewable energy sources. Those are the ones that are focused on a lot. Some other ones out there, as you know, we talked about biomass energy last week, but there's also hydropower, tidal power, and geothermal power. Um, so what do you think is the main source of energy here in the U.S.?
1: Definitely
0: the, the burning of the fossil fuels and things like that. Yep, yeah, correct. It is. So the main source technically is called petroleum. So it's like crude oil and natural gas, but still fossil fuel, so you're right. Um, uh, so now that we've just talked about some of the renewable resources is there one that kind of appeals to you more than others I guess first I can kind of explain what each do so like wind power it uses uh, the propeller like blades and then that those turn which then starts a generator to produce electricity solar power solar power obviously harnesses the uh, energy from the Sun through uh, these TV cells or something they're called and then the other one that I'll be focusing on just for this podcast is biomass energy. So that's just like plant matter and other things, which can be turned into energy. So There's kind of a little bit of how they work, no big details. But out of those three, is there one that appeals? to you, think, more than the others?
1: Um, I like the idea of solar energy because I feel like that one seems, I mean, it seems more convenient off the like, quick answer top of my head, just pop a solar panel down and boom you got energy from the Sun but I can see some negative effects that if you're in a place that tends to be cloudy more often or doesn't get as much sunlight or a winter time I don't know how much that has an effect as comparison to places that are super sunny um, kind of the same thing with the wind the wind is pretty appealing I mean you get the wind turbines that go and go and go and create that energy um, the thing that I guess comes to mind when I think about that if it is like a bigger city like for example like in Chicago or in New York City I mean where are you gonna put those? There's nowhere to put those. So I guess, I mean, I don't know which one seems more appealing. I guess it kind of depends on where you're at in the world, I guess.
0: That's actually exactly how it should be though. Cause every area is different. Like you said, it all depends where you're at. Something I will say though, interesting about solar power, being in the cold areas, they, those uh, solar photovoltaic cells, they actually are more efficient in the cold, which is surprising to a lot of people. I was surprised when I found that out.
1: Really? Does it have to be? Is it? A, does it have to be sunny and cold, or just?
0: It, so the sun obviously, like areas that are more cloudy, it blocks it for that day. But so like the way the cells work, like, they absorb more of the heat in the cold atmosphere and like the cold regions than they do with the high regions because like, it get direct sunlight instead of heat blocking it and stuff like that.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: something just interesting about solar power. So I guess another question is so like, obviously you don't know a whole lot, but before anything, have you ever had any opinions on renewable energy? Like, did you think they would work or if they should be used or anything like that?
1: Um, I mean, I've always thought, I mean, coming the few times I do hear about renewable energy and things, renewable energy and things like that. I mean, obviously it's better for the environment and things like that. So why not go for it? Um, and I guess I hear like, I mean, I'm all for it, going for it, but then you hear the things of why people don't. I mean, it's, I like, guess some of the things are some of the things that we talked about a little bit earlier, like where you're at, you might not have the best location for it, things like that. And I think like a big problem could be like, just change, people don't want to change. And it's got kind of, to there's a lot of cost associated with associated with that and mm-hmm. things like that.
0: That ending perfectly leads you kind of into my next question. So now we're gonna kind of focus more on your area of expertise that's business. I really don't know much about that. So obviously we all know oil is a huge part of our economy. There's subsidies. There's a bunch of people working in that field. So if we were trying to transition to renewable energy sources, how do you think that would affect our economy?
1: I think initially it would, as in doing anything different, it's gonna kind of, it's gonna have probably a negative effect at the beginning because it wouldn't be such a a big change. Um, I mean, As you mentioned, there's a lot of people who work in that field, there's a lot of jobs associated with it. There's a lot of different things you can do. Um, But at the end of the day, if it's better long-term to switch to the renewable side, I mean, we might take a dip initially. Some of those people might lose those jobs and things like that, but there'll be other opportunities created with new jobs and things developing from switching over. Mm -hmm. So I mean, there could be a lot of those jobs. I mean, vanish, gone, a bunch of new ones open up, different opportunities. Mm-hmm. That are healthier, but not only better for the earth and the planet, but probably better working conditions and things like that mm-hmm. for the employees mm-hmm. as well. And then, in terms of over time, I feel like a few things I've heard maintenance on some of these renewable energy sources is a little bit less than um, what it would be to uh, what it is now with some of these like oil factories and things like that. So, I mean. Mm-hmm less dangerous and things like that so I mean I think I think overall I mean at first it would it would kind of be a hit but I don't think it would have a major negative effect I think we could adjust and you know keep moving forward
0: mm-hmm. do you think it would kind of be like a good plan to maybe like create a uh, I'm trying to think like a plan where like the people from the oil companies get direct hiring to say like wind wind energy uh, like maintenance or like filling the wind turbines construction of like the solar cells and stuff like that. Do you think if we created like a plan for like direct jobs, just transition right into renewable energy jobs, that would help keep the economy maybe more stable or up?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's actually a really good idea. I think on top of keeping it more stable and keeping it up, I think it would um, make the transition a little bit easier for people as well. Not freaking out about it with the natural instincts, just like, oh, no, we don't want change, but to know that there's an opportunity. So like, I mean, if these oil factories just essentially, you know, hey, we're turning into a wind turbine factory and then like, just keep the same employees and just do the training and train them whatever new jobs they have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think that's a really good idea. I think that would help in multiple different ways, as you said, keep the economy stable and things like that, but also ease the process yeah, of switching.
0: Kind of keep people feeling safe and stuff. Exactly. People get scared of change. Oh yeah. So uh, now I'm going to kind of throw just a little bit of a stat at you. So in a 2018 report by the International Energy Agency, it was found that 81% of global energy use comes from fossil fuels. So with so much of our energy coming from fossil fuels and a lot of jobs, as we just talked about coming from this industry, who do you think needs to be marketed to the most so we can try to uh, make the switch? Like who do you think needs to understand the information the most and be like most like accepting maybe of the Mm -hmm. transition?
1: Wow, 81% pretty large number to not be using renewable energy sources. Um, wow. Yeah, I think definitely, I would say definitely the younger generation, as in, I'm thinking younger than, I mean, millennials, younger than millennials. So, what is that? Gen X, I think it would be. Yeah,
0: so, in X terms or Z, like,
1: one of an easy way to put it, like college kids now, kids in later in high school, college kids fresh out of college, entering the job market. I feel like these are the people coming out. They're the most educated. They're they're entering the job market. They have the most open, creative mind right now. I mean their lives are kind of right in front of them. They choose whatever they want to do. And I think, I mean, getting this kind of information them, I mean, they're they're gonna be here for a while. They're in their younger twenties, things like that. I mean, this is gonna be their planet and if we keep going the right route, they might not make it to seventy and have a planet to live and work on. So it's um and then the other, like, if you try, I mean, you could try to market towards, I mean, the upper demographic, like, people who are in their 50s and stuff now, the business owners, the people who run these companies now, because those are the people who are in charge of those companies and things like that now. But, I mean, at the end of the day, are you really going to get them to change? They've been doing this for how many years? They're so stuck in their mind. At the end of the day, it's money, money, money. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to, it's going to be hard to get into the mind of them. I think going after the future business owner, the future the future leaders of this world, the, the people who are going to be on top in charge of this world and 20 to 30 years from now. I think those are the people who go for Because mm-hmm. those are people who can start initiating the change or coming out with this research. I mean, they're educated. And I just, I think, I don't know. I think the people of that age too have a kind of a more of an open-minded, they, I don't know, they have more of that connection feeling. I mean, because they're gonna be here at that time and they want mm-hmm. there to be somewhere for them to be, so. Yeah.
0: So you said you're gonna market for all our scientists then? <laughs> so, <you know> <laughs> so I guess another thing just, I'm sure you've seen what's happening in Texas with the cold weather and the blackouts. So how do you think the news plays into people accepting renewable resources? Because I don't know if you've seen this, but the governor came out and was blaming the blackouts on renewable energy and the news were replaying it and stuff. So how do you think the news plays a major role in our acceptance of renewable energy sources? Nah oh, man. It's <laughs> a, t- a big uh, one.
1: Yeah. The news is a spooky thing, and, uh, the news um, yeah, the news can say things, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, anything you see on the news people can be like, wow, that's, I mean, they're going to see it, but I mean, how much of it that is actually true and stuff like that. I mean, oh, just look at the facts, because I mean, mm-hmm. if there's blamed on the renewable energy sources and people come out, the scientists, and everybody come out and says, look, that's not true, we have like the facts that backed it up, I mean, then obviously it's not true just because some news reporter said it, I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think I would I wouldn't look too far into those I wouldn't look too much into the news reports I mean that's their job is reporting things. That's what they do. They make stories up. They're, they're creative writing things like that as Scientists it's, it's, it's science. It's a fact. I mean, yeah, you know if it's, tr- it's true. It's true. It's not true I mean, that's <laughs> what it comes out at the end of the yeah. day. So
0: that leads perfectly kind of into why I want to wrap it up for the day So as you know, a scientist likes to just spit out facts. We don't really do the best at connecting so um, with, uh, like being a non-scientist, what do you think is the best way scientists can get people to believe in climate change, believe in switching to renewable energy resources and, like, but just believing that, like, our science is true and that it can help us in the long run and it's better for everyone?
1: That's a tough thing to do. I mean, people like facts. So, I mean, obviously, those important, like, be important facts, but, I mean, you say something that isn't, like... From perspective, oh, this is gonna happen in 50 years. Blah blah blah. This, okay. What is that? What does that mean, though? I think a good way to kind of get people to actually resonate this and start making change and wanting to do something about it is hit it on a personal level, make a connection, make them be, make a, make it realistic for them, make it relatable. As in, like, look, 50 years, you're gonna be old. You're gonna have a kid. Your kid's gonna have a kid. What, what kind of planet do you want your grandkid to be living on? Do you want? Do you want to have a grandkid? Do you want there to be even a planet for him to be living on? And mm-hmm. things like that I think I mean that's That's really gonna resonate With people Not just Oh in 50 years We're not gonna have a planet, But but what does that actually mean Kind of like res- mm-hmm. like Make it yeah. personal
0: Yeah I feel that Just kind of Just get personal Yeah
1: Like all these plans That we have for our futures None of it can be true You can't do this You can't do that If we keep living The way we live living, if it's I mean We're just jeopardizing everything
0: <laughs> Exactly So That was kind of Just where I wanted to end it Thank you so much, Matt. You did a fantastic job. Definitely gave me even some information I didn't even couldn't even think of. So I just like to thank you for that. Hope everyone had a good time listening, and thanks for tuning in.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I learned a lot as well. Thank you. Of
0: course, anytime. Thank you, everyone.